0: Hello everyone out there listening, this is the Out of Focus podcast and this is Eric and I'm joined by my friend and personal advisor to President Donald Trump, Nick. Nick, how you doing? <laughs> Making it great again. <laughs> uh, today, uh, if you listen to our first episode, we introduced ourselves. So today we're going to talk about what we're into, our hobbies, uh, what media we like, and how we like to waste our time. So, that's, that's what's on the docket for today.
1: I love wasting my time. Isn't the
0: best? Being an adult sucks. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, um, so, speaking of wasting time, and not that I think it was a waste of time, but that little fucking intro you make, that bass group is so good. Everyone, Nick made that. It was it's so good. Uh, stop it. Keep telling me more. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have a lot of experience with bass playing, right? Uh, sure. Yeah. What is a lot in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, right? Are we getting substantial? Well,
1: What's <laughs> I I started playing um, bass. I mentioned in our previous episode. <laughs> oh, um, uh, I I think I was eleven when I bought my first bass. You know, I did the I did the classic uh, as poor as one could be. Uh, At 11 years old, so uh, did the did the pawn shop special. Hey, that was my first bass, and got uh, after a few weeks was able to get a little practice amp to go to go with it. I think it was just like a single little 12 inch speaker, Uh, not even 12. No, I think it was a little 10. It was just a little practice amp. Anyway, that's where I started. I think the brand was. Uh, what was it called? I still have it. I think it's in my dad's basement. But uh, I think the brand was called Rockwood. I don't, I don't <laughs> hey, know. Hey. Which was, was my nickname, nickname in, college. in college. Hey. Ba-boom.
0: Beat you to it, motherfucker. I know You did. You did. You did. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. And it was uh, it was fine. I mean, it's it's what I started on. Had to repair some stuff on it. But it worked. And and that's kind of where it all got started from. I was trying to think about this the other day and I was like, what really made me want to start playing? And I know I've answered that question differently throughout the years. And I wonder if I was like partially lying uh, because the (laughs) story, the the, like answer has been different. But I know that I wasn't super into playing guitar, even though I play guitar now. I kind of wanted to do something that was a little bit different. And I I always liked, you know, like d- drums and groove and like that kind of stuff. But I wasn't interested in playing the drums. And I think that's kind of what led me towards that instrument. Um, and I've played it ever since. So I think that over that makes 15 a lot of sense. years now. Whoa. Oh, good God. Jeez. Oh, my and God. And in fact, my at the time that we're recording this, which who the hell knows when it ever gets posted, but um, <laughs> we're somewhere in February 2019. I just had a gig last night, actually, which I don't do, I don't have them that often anymore, but my I've got a little bit of a soreness in the, in the fingertips, which I haven't had in a long uh. time. I think it's just not doing it, but... If I remember correctly, one of the, we didn't even talk about in our first one how we met each other. No, we didn't. That's not important. How did we meet <laughs> each other? Because I think it 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 goes into this topic.
0: Yeah, uh I actually think we met at one of your gigs. Uh the first time, and maybe this is wrong because it's been years. The first time I remember like actually meeting you, I think was at a Sports bar and grill up in Salt Lake, <laughs> um, and you were playing a show, and Chelsea had just invited us to come, and I was Which, like, "Oh yeah, Chelsea yeah. is my wife." Yeah, and how do you know my wife? I went to high school with your wife. There actually. we go. There's the connection. And she, uh, fun story on how we met. It was the first day of high school, and I had a buddy in my history class, and I went to go sit next to him first day. You know, everybody's intimidated. And there was a purse on the chair next to the one he was at where I wanted to sit. So I just, you know, I picked up the purse and put it on the floor. And Chelsea calls me out in the middle of fucking class in front of everybody. And she's just like, hey, is that your purse? I was just like, oh, no, I was just moving it so I could sit. It wasn't her purse either.
1: Uh, <laughs> i don't think i knew that part of the story
0: yeah it wasn't her purse it was somebody else's purse it was just a random girl and she's like don't be touching people's fucking things that aren't yours and i was like oh my god and you know naturally a friendship blossomed from there
1: yeah that that sounds like every movie of friendship that i've ever
0: heard yeah getting yelled at in high school it was intimidating it was great she's a fantastic person um But she was in college, she was dating you, and I think she wanted us to meet you. So me and my wife, Samantha, who is also a gem who I met in high school, uh, we went up. You were playing a gig. You had longer hair at the time. Uh, You're a fantastic bass player. And there were drunk old people dancing in front of where you were playing. That's that's my go-to crowd,
1: drunk old people. Oh my god, my cat just jumped in my lap. See, I told you, we didn't make it that far. (laughs) <laughs> He's trying to sleep in my lap. Aw, what a cute... Okay, anyways, continue.
0: So that's really how I first remember uh, kind of meeting you, I think. Tell well, me if that lines up with your experience.
1: Maybe, yeah. Like, I, I do remember that. And then I do remember that sort of the first time we hung out together.
0: Yes, was that was at, at Chelsea's parents' house, right? Yeah,
1: at her parents' house. And um, I remember one of the things that they, I think... Chelsea just had mentioned was um oh Eric plays bass too nerd out about that (laughs) it was just like here you guys go talk about that and be friends while we we hang out and so you I found out that you played the instrument too like where did you get started oh man
0: um for me uh I think it was kind of similar to yours but not all the way I didn't start when I was 11 I, I did it when I was 16 and it was mostly um, kind of like a social thing right to be in this garage band with friends and play fucking shitty music alright this is uh, my favorite
1: thing to ask what was the yeah. garage band's name you don't want to know come on
0: we went through okay I'll give you the three names we went through okay <laughs> okay number okay. One. First one Black Sun Rising oh right. so good <laughs> so good uh the second one and this came from our this okay spoilers or not spoilers but just to preface this our drummer fantastic drummer his name was andrew simpson um he had been playing since he was like 10 he was a big fucking nerd and he listened to viking metal and shit like iced earth or hammerfall if you've ever listened to those bands right okay and he was like hey we should name our band Harlequin Death Mask. So, there's Harlequin name number two, Harlequin
1: Death mask. Death
0: mask. Death Mask. Yep, that's a mouthful. Yeah, that was short-lived, and our uh, <laughs> our what? lead singer, our lead singer, didn't like it because he's like, "This name sounds like corn on the cob." Death Mask. I can't do it. So,
1: what? What a weird objection.
0: Yeah, actually, it was it was Harlequin Death Mask, but it was also, we were playing around with Macabre Death Mask, so I think that's where the Quantum of the Cob thing came from, and it just stuck like in his mind forever. I like way better. Yeah. But it just stuck. Uh, and then finally, we're like, fuck it, uh, Minus. Minus is a good name. Just, that's it. One okay. word, f- fuck everything else. All right. None of this other emo shit. Um. And what kind yeah, of music was this garage band? I want to say prog metal. Oh, Ambitious. Very ambitious. Um, We had a lot of... I don't know if you've ever listened to Porcupine Tree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Porcupine Tree, Rush, bands like that, they were kind of the inspiration for that. I really fucking loved Tool at the time and A Perfect Circle as well. So it was kind of a mishmash of shit. So it was interesting. Uh
1: Yeah, and so then how long... I'm, I'm sure, you know, as most garage bands do disband at some point how long did you continue to play and i don't think you play really anymore right no no so, no 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 no. so what
0: happened tell us eric <laughs> vh1's behind the music of minus harlequin behind the black sun rising um when did the heroine start yeah i mean before the band even formed really mm-hmm. again Hispanic, so heroin comes naturally to me uh, <laughs> No, it was just, for me, again It was a fun way to get together with friends And then uh, the lead singer guy He's a great friend too He wanted to make it kind of bigger than I think I wanted it I was just like, let's just fucking play in the garage and Make songs, it's fun He's like, no, we gotta, we gotta plan out uh, gigs We gotta plan out this shit And I'm like, dude, I'm in high school I don't care I have a girlfriend and I have homework. I don't want to fucking perform in front of people. Uh we did a couple times. We played a battle of the bands and that was fun. There you um, go. But I picked the bass because I didn't want to be in front of people, and basses are mostly, you know, you do they're not the front man, like the guitarist or the lead singer or whatever. But
1: that's, they're essential.
0: That's so funny because my like,
1: especially when I was a young kid. <laughs> like, I'm going to I'm gonna be a burda burda um, I hated That perspective of the bass player So <laughs> I always tried to be like I tried to put League. on No I, I wasn't like trying to be like the lead man But I would try and put on a show
0: Oh 100% I agree You should put on a show But I didn't want to be the center of attention Okay okay fair enough Yeah Fair enough. Um, I hate boring-ass shows where all they do is just, like, play their instruments and there's nothing going on on stage. So, yeah, I agree with that. But, again, and it's probably because I was fat and I'm still kind of there. I didn't want to be the chubby kid in front of everybody playing the bass. So, you know, bass came naturally. Um, (laughs) I... I have an ear for music, but I don't really play all that much. There's very simple things I could play. Um, I actually remember us uh, that night we first hung out, and we started nerding out over Jaco Pastorius. You remember that?
1: Oh yes. Oh, Which, God. for those
0: of you who don't know, because it's that's
1: kind of like that's bass nerd territory. That is right?
0: bass nerd territory.
1: Uh, just this monster jazz fusion player from, I mean, what heyday. 70s 80s yeah I forgot when he died
0: (laughs) oh but he he died died. (laughs) he did die
1: he did drugs were involved I'm sure they were absolutely um but he was a monster anyways yeah you told me a story that night about do you remember it it was yeah well it's like a it's like a big fable tale and I always hear it with Every time I hear the story repeated by somebody, the details are different. Um, <laughs> so it truly is a fable. And, you know, maybe somebody could write it. Which, by the way, we didn't mention this in the last one. Please, please write in your own stories to us. We'll have a way to do that somehow. Uh, either we on have our a website. Gmail. You can hit us on our Twitter or our uh, Gmail account, which is... Out of Focus Podcast uh at @gmail.com cuz I want to I want to hear it. I want to know the 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 well just fact check us cuz we don't we don't know shit or tell <laughs> us your own stories. Um Yeah, please. Uh the story as I know it was that I uh, Jocko had a problem with a lot of substances and uh he was at a some club one evening with a, a jazz band playing. And they were doing, you know, bebop tunes or whatever. And he just start he started getting, the, the story that I remember hearing was the drunk. But, you know, he could have been anything. Um, and it could have been any kind of band or in any kind of music. Because those details change <laughs> when I hear the repetitions as well. <laughs> but that he started heckling them. Because he was also an asshole, apparently, reportedly. No personal I mean, if experience. You make, if Don't sue me for music. slander. <laughs> uh, I'm going to use the the ICS line. Allegedly, he was allegedly an asshole. <laughs> uh, so he, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just heckling them like crazy and uh, heckling the soloist on the tune, which you know, again. Changed was saxophone player, trumpet player, whatever. Trombone player. Uh, And basically, then the guy sort of says back to him, "Uh, well, why don't you come up here and do it? And one of those things. And so he stumbles up on stage, and after they had finished their bebop tune, he plays back to them the bebop solo that he just improvised note for note.
0: That son of a bitch. And... They obviously
1: weren't too happy with... Uh, See, this
0: is... Jocko Pastorius and Victor Wooten are why people can't stand bassists because y'all are some smug motherfuckers. Y'all? You're throwing... Uh, we, you you, you <laughs> just threw me in under the bus there? <clears throat> I haven't touched a base in I don't know how long, so yes. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. It's part of my formative years, but it is no longer part of me. So uh something about like
1: learning the those instruments and especially early on you know in uh playing bands which i i can't i was i was going to try and dodge this but i feel like i just have to disclose you know shitty band names um there was one band that i was in i think when i was 14 or 13 um and <laughs> We oh, tell we, me more. We had to. We had to enter. We wanted to enter one of the Battle of Bands con- contests, you know. So we formed a band with some of our friends, and we decided. Well, I think we got it from a book because after we recorded, we c- recorded the songs in our friend's basement because his dad was a musician and like had some oh, stuff. You son of
0: a bitch! I was gonna say, how did you record?
1: It wasn't great. Like he didn't have like crazy good stuff, but he had like some basic you know, tools that he let us use. Um, As an
0: aside, can I tell you how I first recorded? Just to interrupt you. Yes, please. Okay, I used a digital camera and recorded video and I was able to strip the audio from the video and it was the shittiest thing you could ever imagine. Oh my good God. That's how we recorded. Continue. Ew.
1: Ew, I can hear the tinniness. Um, Can you? I can. So, yeah, so he helps us. Uh, record that and we when we have to submit you know our stuff you have to have a band name and so we're <laughs> we're uh, none of us can come up with anything we hate everything and there's a book on the shelf that was some like French book or something and uh, we decided to steal from it and, and call ourselves Lily Noir which is black oh rose in God. French
0: that's amazing is it really black rose or is it black lily? Or lily? Jesus! Well, I said rose. Oh <laughs> you my said god! Black rose.
1: <laughs>
0: black lily. Love it. Uh, Love I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna take another drink now. Um, oh man, you went you went the French kind of emo route. And I was we, were, we were Sun we Rising. were we were not an emo oh
1: band. God. We were we were definitely like a metal band inspired by like 80s metal. Amazing. Like we had to play a cover at that thing as part of the competition. And we did Bark at the Moon by Ozzy Osbourne. Ah,
0: nice.
1: You know, like that was the kind of music we were we were doing.
0: Um, God, Do you know I, I a... wonder
1: if I could find that original <laughs> song because I helped write it. And I
0: oh, it was bad. Do you know what's a shitty band to cover for a bass player? What? Because they didn't even have a bass player. <laughs> The Doors? The Doors.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I uh-huh. stumbled on your joke.
0: But uh, 100% I, we covered a Doors song.
1: <laughs> I was just throwing that out as a joke.
0: <laughs> and uh, the fucking, if for those of you that don't know, the Doors didn't have a bassist. They had the keyboardist play the bass on his keyboard. So I did that. Wow. Yeah. Uh <laughs> nice nice calling it by the way. That was perfect. Yeah, yeah.
1: Sorry to sorry to stomp on the joke, but no, I needed that. <laughs> uh, Hit yeah. me harder, Daddy. Jesus. So so I I had some more uh more fun things that I did uh later, but something that I was remembering that was so discouraging about that, especially that early gigging time, and maybe you didn't do this because you said you didn't Play that many gigs, but for a long time in the at least the local music scene in Utah, <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, when I was growing up there, there was such a focus on the pay-to-play model. Hundred percent. That was the worst.
0: I hated it. I hated. I think that's one of the reasons I didn't want a gig, and also again, a chubby bass player, but. <laughs> The Utah, the local Utah music scene, and I don't know how it was where you were at, but I was mostly involved with, like, the Provo music scene. Oh, right. right. yeah, They have a couple venues there. At the time, they had Muse Music, which was a hole in the wall, and I loved it because it was a hole in the wall, and then they had the Velour, which was a little more upscale, but, yeah, you know, not amazing.
1: But, yeah, decent place. Yeah, 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 exactly. I've been to that one a few times. Um, Yeah. No, mine was a little further up in Salt Lake. That was mostly where I was. But, um, you know, in the big city. <laughs> hey, <you> <laughs>
0: urban. <laughs>
1: um, but, yeah, that model. And for those of you who don't know what pay-to-play is, it's um. so say you're going to book a gig and you and three other local bands or something are going to play and whoever's the most popular probably is the headliner. Or maybe the second to last if it's a really late gig. And then everyone goes home and the very last band plays to nobody. Um, seen that happen a lot. <laughs> uh, and, and for them to allow you to play, you had to either pay for upfront or sell a certain number of tickets to your show or they would not allow you to play. So shitty. Yeah, I remember. So shitty. And and sometimes it was like 15 tickets or something like that. It's not an insane amount, but like to do that for every one of your shows, especially if you were like a a band that was just starting out, that was so hard to do. Or some, I knew some bands were like, if they could, they would buy out all the tickets themselves and just give them away to
0: their friends. Jesus.
1: So they could actually go and play.
0: Yeah, so compound that with being a fucking teenager. You know what I mean? It's even worse. Yeah,
1: exactly. You're in like high school or something. Nobody has money to go to your show. Um, (laughs) And, oh God, I remember. So for a little while, I know it's closed down now because there's no way that it still exists because it was such a nightmare of a place. Maybe I'll avoid name dropping it just in case. Um, Kill me court. No, 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 no. Uh, There was another one that was run by someone notorious for being shady about these kinds of things. Uh, and I remember one time we had set up a show, the band I was in at the time, to do uh, there, and they had the same sort of setup. And we had invited a band to come up from Provo. which So, you know, it was a drive for them to come yeah. in. How long is yeah. that drive?
0: Like 45 minutes, probably. 45 yeah. minutes to an hour, depending on traffic.
1: Well, so. and it was in northern Salt Lake. So, you oh, know, the, had, yeah, yeah. Definitely and an way an out west. Yeah, so they drove More over than an, an hour.
0: hour with all their gear.
1: And uh they're getting set up. And the promoter guy comes over. And I see them, like, arguing. Because it's about their time to go on. And then uh I turn around. And they're clearing the stage off. And I'm like, what the... What happened? And so I run over to the guy who uh, was kind of like the leader or of their band because we were friends with them, uh, and we liked to play with them a lot. We're like, what? Yeah. what's going on? And he said, he's kicking us out. We didn't sell what? enough tickets, and he's making us leave. And I was like, wait, what? he would rather have, because th- I think this time slots at the time were like 30 minutes. Um, he's like, he would rather have 30 minutes of no band being here been letting you play
0: and he's just making you go home he said yeah what an asshole yeah so they wait just... hold on <laughs> let me orient myself i'm not yeah. gonna name drop anything uh north salt lake way out west does this happen to be by a certain lake uh, uh close-ish okay
1: i think i know where this is at <laughs> I really don't I think it was closed by the time I left Utah. Like it was a yeah. it was a place yeah, yeah, yeah. that was not open very long. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> uh, Amazing. But you know, thinking about times like this, uh something I was curious to ask you about when it comes yeah. to like your music preferences, yeah, is typically and especially if you learn an instrument or go through something like that, me and all my friends sort of had these time periods of maybe it was a couple years or at least a few months where in that age group of maybe your preteens or teens or something where you become purely obsessed with a small pocket of music and then everything else is garbage to you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. 100% so, what was it? Okay, first off, um, I want to give everyone some background. Um, my very, very, very first album that I bought with my own money. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, yeah, fucking. I want you to guess. What was popular around that time? Fucking guess. Uh, we're about the same age. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it depends how old you were when you bought your first album. I want to
0: say 12, 13.
1: Oh, twelve, thirteen, a little older. Yeah. Oh,
0: I gosh. was poor and Hispanic. Sue me.
1: <laughs> I was trying to think, and then I just registered what you said. Racist? Um, hell yeah. I'm guessing. No, that might be too late. What pops into my mind is like what?
0: Linkin Park. Oh my fucking god! Linkin Park Meteora Was my first yeah! album that I bought. All right, that Whoa! was my. <laughs> They were my favorite band at the time. Wait, so, wait
1: was that the first
0: album? Uh, no, they had <laughs> they had Hybrid Theory. That was right. the first album. Because I had that one, I remember. Yeah, but my first album was *Meteora*, so wow. that was their was that was like their second studio album. They had an album before that that was called *Reanimation*, which was a remix of the *Hybrid Theory* album, which I still love to this day because it's so. Guilty pleasure bopping, but I had
1: all of those. I yes, 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 yes. They were
0: good. They were fucking good. All right, fucking fight me. I liked Linkin Park. Okay, <laughs> okay so, um, probably when I became obsessed with shit, and I think high school becoming a bass player really influenced this. Anything with good bass, right? Of uh, course, Geezer Butler was a god to me. Oh. At the time. Which, who is? uh, I was obsessed with Sabbath. Black Sabbath, everybody. I fucking loved. And it was less about Ozzy. It was about the band as a whole. Because even to this day, I know Ozzy's put out solo albums and stuff that are good or whatever. But I don't listen to those. I always go back to Black Sabbath, fucking Volume 4, and Masters of Reality. Oh my god, it still makes my dick hard. But that's what I listened to a bunch. Okay? That's what I listened to a bunch at the time. How about you? What did you do? So that, w- that was the thing that was like, this is the best
1: music and everything else is garbage.
0: Yeah, essentially. I mean, I liked, uh, let's see, hold on. What else was there? There was Black Sabbath and there was one more, Pink Floyd, right? Stereotypical high school bands you'd listen to. There you go. You, you, used to, you bought all the t-shirts. Yeah, exactly. I was. That was my identity at the time. All yeah. right. That and Tool. Those three kind of made up that trifecta. See, t-
1: Tool is interesting because like at least in my social circle, there were yeah. a lot of people who if they were on that route like you uh, right. in in like the Black Sabbath and Metallica or whatever, anything modern <laughs> or semi-modern was yeah. garbage to them. Right. right so right, Tool, right. even though like the sound is similar, just the fact that they were a quote unquote newish band Made them
0: out Fucking They're like They started in the late 80s Early 90s They're 30 years old around now That's ridiculous to me We're old men now We are old men Fuck
1: (laughs) Um For me I mean Yeah if we're talking First album Oh mine's more
0: embarrassing Tell me Was it 98 Degrees? No uh, no, no, Nick Lash- Nick Lachey.
1: No, actually, yeah. you know, thinking back on it, shit, that actually might be close. I actually don't know if I know the first one, but I could probably give you like the first three. And this wasn't mm. like these were like you know I don't know if it counts of like bought with my own money because I was so young that it was just like <laughs> begging, you know, <laughs> mom yeah, or dad to to buy me whatever. Whatever one, but uh all right. I'll give you a chance. Give give me some more guesses. Oh, you at least with I'll those. So so we'll say like the the albums that I begged for to get, you are definitely in the ballpark, my friend.
0: Oh man. Uh Backstreet Boys.
1: Yeah, that's one of the three.
0: <laughs> oh my god. Uh all right, all right. Backstreet Boys. In sync, were you a boy band's boy? No. Nope, I, I I was team Backstreet Boys. Ah, fucking I was gonna sick. say backstreets back for oh.
1: Um You're welcome.
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Uh and then Tell like, me more I remember that same sort of time, that's when like Britney Spears first album came out.
0: Yeah, she was hot though, so well, yeah. it's fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um and I remember being really into those two. And then here's the thing, I didn't know this for years. But I was obsessed with hearing on the radio, and with my old little stereo in my room, I would try and wait for it to come on so I could tape it on the mm. with a because my old, my stereo had a cassette.
0: Oh my god! Yes, everyone. We lived during the era where stereos came with cassette players. So yeah,
1: ca- well, we will say cassettes were out at the time, but they right. still came standard if you bought a stereo. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, but I had some so I could try and tape the songs that I liked and you had to wait for the song that you liked to come on the radio. Um, <laughs> yep. Back in my day. Get off my fucking lawn. Um, it was and I didn't know the name of the band until way later, but it was actually uh, Clint Eastwood.
0: Oh, Gorillas.
1: Yeah, that was starting oh. to come on the radio. And I loved that song. And I still I had, fucking love the Gorillas. Yeah, and I had no idea that it was them or anything, but I just loved that song. Um, that was a baller song. But I do remember... So Okay, first album that I bought that I remember, I went into Walmart <laughs> with my money, and I couldn't find this album, and I remember asking a guy that worked there for it, and I remember him laughing <laughs> out loud... <laughs> in my face <laughs> uh because Later. i didn't know what the album
0: meant oh please tell me
1: more it was the hot off the press release of limp biscuits chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water.
0: <laughs> oh my god. I bet he loved that you asked for that. He, to this day, he thinks back to that. He's like, hey, you remember that one time I told you that story about that kid? Oh, Jesus. Yep, that's amazing. Yep. Can we take a second to appreciate the poetry in that uh, album name? Wow.
1: Yeah, that's a masterpiece right there.
0: That is a masterpiece. Everybody emulate Limp Biscuit. <laughs> Keep that rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> what?
1: Um, so it was uh, <laughs> Limp Biscuit. I remember soon thereafter, around the same sort of time. Maybe this might even be a little earlier. Again, fact check us. I don't know yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. I also remember having Big Willie. Oh. Yeah, you totally know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. W- uh, Will Smith's album. na, na,
0: na, na, na. na. Hey. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's right, children listening to this. Will Smith started off as a rapper, getting jiggy with it, getting jiggy with it, and Wild Wild West. Oh my God! What about the Here come the Men in
2: Black? Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. So there good. you go. That was
1: that was my jam. So yeah. uh, I had I had that album. I listened to it all the time. I remember playing it for my grandmother. <laughs> yeah, but, and 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 just like I was like, I love this song. Uh and I remember her going, I don't I I can't understand what he's saying. He goes too fast. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> my Utah grandmother. Showing um, your grandma Will Smith. That, oh, and this just popped in my brain. I can't oh, remember Len? No. He had there was he was a one hit wonder. I don't remember Lynn. Shit, what was the name of that song? I I, I have a feeling it had something to do with Sunshine. I don't know. but Maybe I'm just thinking of Clint (laughs) Acewood.
0: I'm going to look it up right now. (laughs) Do it. Oh, here's an embarrassing thing. They reference
1: it in Goldmember.
0: I went through an Eminem phase. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did that. That was a thing I went through. (gasps) Oh! What? Tell me more.
1: It's Steal My Sunshine from 1999. Wow. That album was called You Can't Stop the Bum Rush. Whoa. <laughs> I bet once same... you hear that song, I yeah. I'm, i mean, I'm tempted to just pull it up. Should I?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Who cares? Nobody's listening to this. Fucking.
1: <laughs> Actually, I don't know if it'll go through my... It, uh it won't go through my thing. But maybe hold I'll, just, up, I'll play it in the mic for a second. Oh <laughs> Yeah, yeah the quality audio quality audio.
0: We're all about quality at this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So please.
1: Alright, it's doing the intro. Oh. Come on, just give me the hits. You'll recognize oh, the chorus God. so fast.
0: I'm right. I'm excited for the splash from the past. Oh yeah, I do know this song. And of you
1: can't wow. Yep, had that album blast mm-hmm. from the
0: fucking past.
1: Yeah, there you go. Rocking that. And then, Jesus. you know, I had the like you uh became obsessive with Linkin Park's first album.
0: Yep. Yep, yep. And yep.
1: the the remix afterwards. But to get back to the heart of the question, The formative music obsession. So after, like you, after starting playing bass, getting into that kind of stuff, I started listening to more of some of the records my parents had around, and I found this band with this bass player who played so fucking fast and so cool that my (gasps) 13-year-old mind was exploding, and that was
0: (laughs) Iron Maiden. Oh my god, yes! Oh, I remember listening to them for the first time. I listened to Fear of the Dark and Run for the Hills. And that was just so Aww. good. Run to a the Hills. Or fear. That's true. A then, fear of the dark. That's so right. Good.
1: Number of the beast, baby. Um,
0: six. Six, six. <laughs> Number <laughs> so, of the beast.
1: Oh, my Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. They, uh, they were... They became the best band in the world to me for probably like two years straight. I listened to every one of their albums. I, I liked other bands in the similar genre, but anything made uh, past the like nineteen eighties could go to hell. I didn't give do you. I didn't care do you a about
0: secret, anybody. <laughs> what? Do you have a secret Eddie tattoo? I don't know about a
1: secret Eddie tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, and for those of you that are unfamiliar with Iron Maiden. Eddie was, and I guess still is. They're still going. Yeah. Uh, He's their mascot. He's this weird skeletal mummy like creature that's on all of their albums.
0: I just love how he becomes part of their fucking uh, stages at shows, man. Oh, yeah. So good. So once they started having money, ka ching, they,
1: (laughs) yeah, they started having like puppets and animatronics of him coming out on stage. So that leads me into my next thing. We were talking about f- first albums and these formative music things. First concerts. Oh, so man. when I was 14, you know, I was always wanting Iron Maiden to come around, but they weren't coming to Utah. <laughs> my favorite <laughs> British metal band that with the operatic-like singer up in the clouds. So good. They're never coming. But... They released a new album, I think in 2004, and they were going on tour in the U.S., and they were going to California in Irvine.
0: Oh, that's close.
1: Yeah, not. (laughs) Um, So I begged and pleaded my dad, because he was also a big fan of them when he was growing up. In fact, he showed me some of his notebooks. When I started uh, listening to them, because my dad uh, used to be and sometimes still does like visual art stuff and his sketches of Eddie that were crazy awesome. Badass. Um,
0: and uh, tell me that you manipulated him into going. Well, I just I just
1: said like, hey, they're actually coming to the United States. They're going to be here. Uh do you want to go? If so, will you drive me there? Because I'm 14. And uh, <laughs> he actually said yes. Oh,
0: my God. He's like, well,
1: let's go. We'll, we'll get nosebleed seats so it's not crazy expensive. <laughs> and he said, uh, if one of you t- or two of your friends can buy a ticket, we'll take them with us.
0: Oh, hell yeah. Road and trip. So we did
1: it. We road tripped from Salt Lake down to Irvine, California, my dad's car we saw Iron Maiden, and it blew my face off.
0: That's amazing. And
1: they had the giant Eddie. He was fucking 60 feet tall, and this one, that album, they had done a lot of stuff about modern warfare because uh, ah. they're metal, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, the Eddie on the cover looked kind of like more like a modern uh, army type of guy. Yeah. And so he came walking out in military garbs, and he had this giant, like... AR-15 looking kind of gun and he lifts it up towards the crowd and it starts like shooting at us and it has a red laser on it that's like firing lasers into the crowd oh my god I pretty much ejaculated with uh, (laughs) excitement I'm gonna pre (laughs) yeah that's incredible so that was my first concert and I sang along with every song and god I had such a good time all right, hit, uh, hit me, boy. What's your first I'm concert?
0: i pretty fucking jealous. Uh, my friends really liked Muse, you know? The band? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, which they're great. I really like a lot of their first albums. I don't like a lot of their newer stuff, but that's fine. They're experimenting with their sound. Good for them. You're an old um, man now. Yeah, exactly. You Fuck get to music. say that. <laughs> uh, I went to the Muse concert that came to Utah, actually, right at the, uh, where was it? I can't. I think it was called the McKay Event Center at the time, but it was by UVU, right? Okay. So yeah. Give um, us a time frame. Where are we at? Years? Five. I
1: was ballpark
0: sixteen, it. seventeen, right around there. Right, sixteen. I think I was sixteen. My first concert. Again, I was raised a poor black boy. Um, You're not. Ha. To... I know. I'm quoting Steve Martin. I love that guy. Um, uh, yeah. I I went to that show. I didn't buy my ticket. A friend provided me with the ticket. Um, And we went. And they had a phenomenal light show. I just remember being blown away. They had these giant screens with uh, sexy dancing robot ladies. Which uh, sounds... uh, (laughs) Not for me, but I think it caused a fetish in my friend. Spoiler alerts. Um, Wow. Yeah. Maybe not name drop that? No, no. (laughs) You know who you are. Um... But it was it was a fun concert. It wasn't as cool as going to fucking Iron Maiden, you piece of shit. Uh but it was a, it was a fun time in its own right. I'm glad I went. Um I thinking about concerts, it made me remember why I was okay with Tool and more modern bands. Um some of my formative music, I think that I was obsessed with uh probably because of the band and some friends, was grunge. Fucking loved grunge. And oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, Alice in Chains, fucking uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who missed out on Smashing Pumpkins' Zeitgeist tour. His brother bought him a ticket and everything to kiss a girl in my basement. He missed out on a free concert. Well, depending on the age you are at the time, uh, yeah, that's a hard call. Yeah, I mean, he thought it was great at the time, but now he looks back, he's like, I should have gone and seen fucking Billy Corgan's Lex Luthor ass head and just enjoyed that show. (laughs) He does.
1: He does look like Lex Luthor.
0: He is Lex. He was Lex for the Zeitgeist album. If you watch any of his stuff, he wears a fucking cape, dude. It was the peak of weird Billy Corgan. It was amazing. That's fantastic. So he missed that to kiss a girl. And I make fun of him for it. Wow. Yeah. 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 Uh, so but, with, you know. with these, with
1: these, uh, you 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 left a teaser in our last episode. I had yes. no idea that you were a radio DJ. Ah,
0: yeah, radio. So um, hit us. What
1: what 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 the fuck was that?
0: Jesus. Thinking about it, radio class actually like. I think it formed a lot of my life. I met my wife in that class. So Tail is all yeah.
1: this time.
0: I know, right? Um it was radio class and you pretty much it was a fun elective. It counted for your fine arts elective. It was awesome. I was like, yeah, cuz I have I fine have stupid arts? hands. Yeah. Jesus. Fuck you. I have, I have stupid hands. I can't draw. I can't shape clay. I can't do anything, and I'm ugly. So I couldn't like be a theater kid. <laughs> Face for radio, perfect. It fit. There you go. Um, I had a lot of fun. I I learned a lot of music in that class because they had a giant selection of music and uh, they had a crazy ass powerful transmitter. So it wasn't like only around the, the school that you could hear that station. It was 91.7 KOHS, right? You could hear us across the valley. It was awesome. Um, It was cool, man. I DJed. I I took calls. I did all that stuff. It was awesome. (laughs) We're taking colors. Yeah. Uh, I Also, something that you weren't supposed to do, but I did. Uh, You were only supposed to play the music that they had available because it would be censored and shit. And we were at high school. No, I remember burning... A copy of a few Rage Against the Machine albums. Oh. And, yeah, I played the uncensored shit just, like, for all of Utah Valley to hear. Fuck
1: you, I won't do what you told me.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. I had people call in and be like, wow, you guys don't usually play the uncensored version. I'm like, yeah, well, that's weird. Keep listening. It's awesome. (laughs) You dog. (laughs) I know. Um... But I, I don't know, I guess I liked talking to an imaginary audience, so that's why we have a podcast now. There you go, because our
1: audience is literally imaginary. It is! <laughs> so again, here's here's the plug, give us your first, uh, your first concert, your first album, your Did you formative... make out at your You's... first concert? <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's plenty of potential there. Not I, but, uh, because I was to
0: metal. I was into the metal. <laughs> Uh, tell me the best Iron Maiden era and your favorite Eddie. Uh, also, tell me what you liked about Billy Corgan's shiny ass head. Do you like him better in Siamese Dream or you know does Zay guys do it for you?
1: <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah. What's your favorite Eddie? That's a that's a good question. What is your favorite Eddie? I'm trying to think about it. The one on Killers is
0: f- fantastic. You know it's really I, sad. I had that hoodie. I can't name an Iron Maiden album. <laughs> Get out! Get out of this podcast. <laughs> it just can't. They have amazing music, but I, I usually listen to like best of Iron Maiden. I, no, don't, that's I don't know that's
1: yeah. fun. They they were judge they were my deep dive.
0: I can name Sabbath albums and tell you that fucking Volume Four is amazing. Okay, for me it's between Masters of Reality, Technical Ecstasy, and Volume Four. Those are those are incredible albums.
1: That's where it's at.
0: Yeah. Tony Iommi. Oh, oh, that bitch
1: with his chopped off half fingers.
0: <laughs> Drop D motherfucker. Drop D Came because of that son of a bitch. It's true. It's true. Mm. Um, a little, a little change
1: in, in something was, uh, in something we, we talked about a little bit last time, but we haven't really had a conversation about a whole other different topic. Was you'd reference, like, I'm gonna check out my Bujo, which, oh, uh, man, bullet journaling, yeah, which, um, is something we both use in our organization and our hawaves use. And <laughs> I was wondering, um, well, maybe for uh, the person who's never heard about it, what is
0: bullet journaling? Um, I highly recommend. Going onto YouTube and typing in "how to bullet journal" and the fucking original creator, I forget his name. was like writer or something. Yeah, he had a weird, weird name? first name. Yeah, writer like, with a Y. Yeah, writer Carol or something. Um, pretty much, it's just a way to be organized and keep track of your time in a super simplistic way, minimalistic, which I love because you know I've tried calendars before, but I'm unorganized as shit. Um, but the gist of it is, you have a notebook. And in that notebook, you use certain symbols to indicate certain things. Um, The OG way is like a dot is a task, and that's what you're doing for a particular day, right? So you you break down your month. uh, Maybe you have a week or a month view, and then you have your daily log. And you just kind of be like, oh, today I have to fucking walk the dog. And I do this and this. And as you finish tasks, you cross them out with an X. You cross out that little dot with an X. Um, And if you have notes, you write them in there too. But it's really a way for you to kind of, for me anyway, it's a way to keep track of my thoughts and audit my time to see how the hell I'm spending it. Because a lot of the time I don't do shit when I should be doing shit. I don't know if it's the same for you, but yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and um, one of the things that I like about it versus any of the other systems that I've used for like organizing the things that I do in the projects that I work on is that it's Flexible in the way that you use it and set it up. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where other like calendar systems where you buy a planner or something, they have it already laid out where this is more of like uh, a, a sort of overall system that you can mess around with and change in any way. Like, for example, I don't use a daily yeah. log. I, I have a monthly and I have weekly that I do, and I can manage all of my tasks and take my notes in there. Um, and I was also, which is so weird, like until maybe a few months ago, I was Mr. Digital for everything. I hated <laughs> handwriting anything yeah. in class. It was always like, let me try and take a note or do something with that. Um, but I also enjoy the aesthetic now of writing something. Um, it's... And there's, <laughs> Yeah.
0: I was going to say that it's made me improve my handwriting a little bit because it looks like fucking chicken scratch. Yeah, exactly. And
1: there's something so satisfying about, like,
0: physically crossing something off, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I actually, I wanted to say, I think it's interesting that you don't have a daily log, and maybe it's just the difference in our shit. Um, I'm a software engineer, and we do agile scrum development, which are just a whole bunch of fucking buzzwords that don't matter to anybody else out there, (laughs) uh, unless you're in the field. Um, But the gist of it is that we have every day when we come to work, we have what's called a standup. And we talked about what we did yesterday and what we're planning on doing today, and if we have any blockers. And I've noticed that the Bujo uh, has been really nice in me organizing my thoughts around that where I can be like, okay, I mean, you said, like you said, it's kind of modular, you can make your own key, you can do what you want. I have a specific key for stand ups, I have an up arrow be like, okay, this is what I did yesterday. This is what I'm planning on doing today. And I have a little down arrow for the end of the day, uh, for work stuff. So that way, I can transfer it to my next stand up and be like, this is what I did yesterday, you know, so it helps me keep track of that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And something I like about it is like if tasks don't get done, there's sort of like different, you know, however you set up your keys and everything like that about ways of migrating it to the future of where it should be. Yeah. And and it's really nice for things where like you're not quite sure when things have to get done. You can sort of put it um, maybe if you know the month, you can put it there and then, you know, push it onto something more specific later. And then, you know, you were talking about the modular aspect of it. I enjoy like there's the idea of creating a collection, which a collection is basically just an open list or uh, of something ideas, um, projects, whatever it is that you want. And you can put them in wherever you want. Um, I would say like recommend if you and also if there are some of you listening that go, well, Uh, I can't carry books around or I don't want to do something like that. There is a digital way to do this too, especially if you're using some sort of touch screen with a stylus, then you know there's ways to use it in like OneNote or something like that to digitize it if you want to be able to to do that. But I really enjoy doing that and I recommend getting like a quality notebook and a pen you really like and you sort of turn it into like an aesthetic experience instead of just like this thing you do which so that leads into the function of the bullet journal for you and I is quite similar. Oh yeah it's minimalism with uh, a huge focus on time management and organization right to get yep. all of our shit done um, which you know you're you're a software engineer so there's so many tasks there I've mentioned before. I'm a therapist, but uh, I'm also the director of the clinic that I work in. So I have a lot of administrative duties that I have to do. You goddamn name dropper.
0: Fucking director of a clinic. Look at you. Uh,
1: um, (laughs) So when it comes to like admin stuff in particular, it's so essential for for me to manage Mm. that. And that's actually why I started doing it was after I had gotten that job. I, I couldn't keep up. With all the stuff I was trying to manage and keep stuff in different places and uh, just garbage. Um, but talking about the aestheticus experience, now maybe we can talk about this later if we ever get either one of them on, but our <laughs> waves <laughs> have a whole other take on the bullet journal. And if any of you start looking, especially if you go on like the Pinterest. Or anything oh, like that. Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube—ape shit with the aesthetics of bullet journals.
0: They're so pretty. Mine is literally just paper and ink. That's it. There's not nothing. There's no drawing. You look at my wife's. She has super pretty colors. She has a specific theme for the month of February. Yeah, she's got she's got tapes that she uses. Colored pencils, markers, tape, pens, and sh- she has, and it's beautiful, and it works for her. It's uh, not only is it functional, but it's a creative outlet. Good for her. Again, I have stupid hands, and I just want to write down like ideas and tasks. That's it.
1: Yeah, and and I feel the mine is the exact same, and I I can't make, th- or at least right now it's not something I can really make. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's. I would. I. I sometimes feel a little envious of like. Oh, I would like to do something kind of cool and creative with it, but then I just go. Oh, fuck, fuck. I'll just put lines in, and I'll. I'll. I'll write in my words and. Yeah. Done. Yeah.
0: I. I think because of like how I'm using it right now, I, those aesthetic, add-ons would be nice, but I know myself and I wouldn't do it. Whereas you know. My wife, she maybe has a little bit more discipline, or it I think it means more to her, you know, to get that creativity out. It just means more to her to have a pretty bullet journal, and, and it helps with everything. It yeah. It helps her put attention into it. Uh, it's funny, because she actually uses today, Sunday, to, to fill out her weekly spread. She has a weekly spread, and she makes it all pretty, so...
1: Yeah, I, I, I also, you know, sort of do the weekly spread and I either do it today or tomorrow because these are my days off on Sunday and, uh, but yeah, I don't have the aesthetic there. And I also think at least for my own function, it was for something minimalistic, quick, um, but comprehensive. And I think adding Mm -hmm. that aesthetic element, at least for me, takes away
0: that from the purity of the bullet journal. Is that what you're saying?
1: (laughs) Right. Well, the function of it for was you. for me yeah. to do something really yeah. fast, just boom, you know, it's done.
0: <laughs> I think uh, the name really speaks to it, too. Like bullet journaling, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that that leads me into a little bit of like, we both have some smaller sort of hobbies. Oof, are we? That we...
0: Huh? Mm. I was going to say, are we really going to open up that can of worms? Because we could go on for a while with those hobbies. <laughs> oh, should, you want to do a teaser with the small hobbies? I think so, because I don't know if you know this. We're running up on about an hour right now. Dios mio. Yeah, we talked, we talked for a long fucking time about music, which I, I felt like that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. But
1: before we finish this off, uh, yeah. so any of you, if you are using bullet journals... Write into us. Tell oh, us, please. tell us how you're using it, and uh, maybe give us some cool ideas. Because I still feel like I'm figuring this shit out. Right? Send us
0: pictures of your spreads. I want to. Yeah. By that, I mean your bullet journal. Nothing. Wow. else. Wow. <laughs> um,
1: are we still doing phrasing? No. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing before we go is that uh, I okay. I ran across this article, and I feel before we finish, I have tell to me. bring it up.
0: Oh my god, please tell me
1: Okay, because it's like And this is completely unrelated to anything we've talked to But I don't care (laughs) I'm just going to read you the headline Tell me And we'll go from there New Tinder-like app helps farmers match livestock for love
0: Whoa, and I thought, okay, fun fact I don't know if you knew this about I think you did I used to work at a company called Spark Networks, and okay. They did dating websites. Oh, I, worked... I didn't know this. Yeah, uh, I. They were the people in charge of get this Christian Mingle, okay, and JDate. Yes, the Jewish specific dating app. And it's funny that you bring up this Tinder for livestock. Holy shit! By the way, um, <laughs> they had a Tinder for Christians and and Jewish people. They had a uh, Cross paths, uh-huh, kind of that? clever. That's Tinder for Christians. Cross paths because oh, you cross path and it's a cross. Yeah, stop I- it. <laughs> and then, uh, and then for uh, the Jewish people, they had J Swipe is what it was called. <laughs> J Swipe. J Swipe. Fun fact, also. Um, yeah, that, that sounds like you're you're stealing uh, weed from somebody. J Swipe. <laughs> Um, they, uh, J-Swipe and, like, the, the Jewish part of the dating community that we had built, uh, they were, they were responsible for, I think, 90% of Jewish marriages, is what oh, it came down to. Oh, my God. Yeah. You'd go to temple, and a rabbi would plug J-Swipe and shit. He'd just be like, use it. You'll find, you know, I can't do a Jewish accent, but he'd be like, you'll find your mate. You do it. <laughs> wow <laughs> it was amazing uh, but yeah tell me more about this livestock tinder that's incredible
1: alright I want this will be a fun game try yeah. and guess what they called the app
0: oh oh fuck um oh no there's gotta be, it's gotta be clever it's gotta be cause okay, livestock
1: uh, yeah tinder like app livestock tinder like app
0: H- hit me with it what is it tutter Oh my. No. No, 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 no. Udder, but Tinder. Get that shit out of here. No.
1: <laughs> because, you know, you're swiping the photos. You're checking out those udders. You know oh what I'm talking about? God,
0: hell yeah, I know what you're talking about. Big veiny udders. Jesus Christ. That's incredible. So
1: I'm getting this. Here, I'll source it out. Uh, this is on the Huffington Post, Huff Post here. Yeah. Uh, so, let's farmers swipe right on cattle they like the look of. They are then directed to a page on the Sell My Livestock website where they can browse more pictures about the animals before deciding whether to buy. And the data that they support in the bio page is matters like the Milk Yield and protein content, and calving
0: potential of each cow. That's actually what I was looking for in a potential mate. So hey, (laughs) we all... (laughs) I want to know milk yield. What's your milk yield? (laughs) And protein content. Everyone out there on Tinder, I want you to go and put your milk yield either in your profile or ask the people you swipe on what their milk yield is. Please. (laughs) Do it. What's your protein content? <laughs> What's your calving potential? Can you tell me?
2: Oh,
0: Doesn't God. this seem like under kind of like underground bestiality almost? Like It
1: does! It yeah. does feel like
0: I'm gonna fuck that cow. You wanna fuck this cow? Do okay. you like its fucking milk yield? Yeah, you like that protein content. It's making me cringe. Mm, I might go vegan because of that. Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, and with that, I'd like to thank my wife and her milk yield. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for supporting me in this podcast. I'd like to thank my wife's milk yield. <laughs> thank you, uh, Nick, for joining me on this musical and uh, Bujo-themed podcast. Uh, thank you for that last bit too. Thank you to Tutter. I don't know where it'd be without you.
1: Yeah, I'm signing up today.
0: Yeah, why not? I'm already signed up.
1: <laughs> and I guess we'll we'll talk to you next time.
0: Yeah, if you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Out of Focus Show. We're the same thing on Instagram. Send us an email at outoffocuspodcast uh, at gmail And uh, hopefully by this time we'll have a website. You can find us at outofocus.com. dot dot com. Jesus. I know. (laughs) Bye-bye.